Welcome to the Antioch Initiative podcast, a podcast about the unreached and topics related to giving them access to the good news of Jesus. For the next two weeks on the Antioch Initiative podcast, we are featuring content for Run for the Unreached. You name the injustice, the disease, or the cause, and there's a 5K for it. So why not run for those who have yet to hear the gospel or respond to the good news of Jesus? Please join us on April 17th as we run or walk for the unreached. You can participate virtually from anywhere. For more information or to register online, please go to www.theantiochinitiative.com forward slash run dash four dash the dash unreached we hope to hear from you soon and enjoy the rest of the podcast hi this is nick with the antioch initiative podcast and we are continuing our series with run for the unreached which takes place on april the 17th and physically in bloomington at normandale lake park in bloomington minnesota but virtually all around the world and this podcast is helping us to pray for the arab world and we are blessed today because we have Chris and Caroline who serve in Libya. Chris and Caroline, thanks for joining us today. Thanks, Nick. Glad to be with you. And it's amazing to hear what God is doing in the Arab world, and particularly in Libya. Would you please share some stories of what God is doing? Absolutely. Yeah, we, I mean, this is a country where we only know of maybe 45 believers we think there has to be more out there that are hiding. It's a very dangerous place to, yeah. to uh, follow Jesus as a Libyan. Um, yeah, so just in the last few months, uh, yeah, a few different stories here. Uh, a guy we're calling Moses contacted our, our – we have a, a, a media page, sure. um, contacted us, has, has some questions. He was in the east. We're in the west. Had some questions for us. We were able to connect him with a Nigerian brother out east, and also when he visited Egypt with some believers there, uh, he was able to get baptized by our connecting him to some friends. Um, he, he came. That's how a lot of these things are happening. They're coming ready to, because they just, uh, they've had enough. Yeah. <laughs> they, they just think Islam is not where it's at. So they uh, have opened up their hearts to Jesus and but need they need to meet somebody. They want to you know meet a believer face to face, and so uh, it's been a beautiful connection of uh, of I mean, a patchwork of believers from around the world, whether Nigerians or Egyptians, working yeah. together. And uh, now we uh, see him locally, um, but he's been able to you know, get a strong start, immediately be, be embraced by a number of people, and now he's connected. Uh, now, don't you share a little about? what was going on with his wife. Yeah. So he, that when he came to faith, he had come independently. So by the time he came to us, he had already made a decision to follow Jesus um, on his own. But the very first time he's been married, I don't know, maybe eight or nine years and they had been unable to have children. So the very first time he ever prayed uh, in the name of Jesus, he prayed over his wife in Jesus name. She is not yet a follower of Jesus. He prayed that she would conceive. And just a few days ago on Easter, their first child was born. Wow. Um, and so, yeah, really, really cool and really significant as well that their daughter was born on Easter. You yeah. know, just a day when even though his wife doesn't yet believe, you know, I messaged her and said, what a significant day that your yeah. child was born today. And um, so he's eager to see his wife come to Jesus and wants to raise their child and um, the ways of the Lord. And so 
um, it's just been really cool. Yeah, like Sue said, the just the way that people have come to us, they have been already either on the brink of belief or they've already come to believe and they're just like, now what do I do? And so, and that's that's happening certainly here in Libya, but we are hearing that echo throughout the Arab world that people are just, they're coming ready. Um, and that's a really exciting place to meet people at, yeah. Another young man uh, we're calling Jason, um, he, we first learned of him um, when one of his friends contacted our daughter. Um, we we're not sure exactly the, how our daughter was connected. Our 15-year-old daughter got a message, uh, I think, on Instagram asking, hey, can you get my friend a cross? That was the first request. My friend would like a cross. And I'd I like, like to talk to you about that cross before you give you one. Like, why do you want a cross? And, uh, so we, we, uh, we followed up with, with him and uh, we, you know, there are no crosses for sale in <laughs> Libya. <laughs> if you, if you're wearing one, people like they're like, they're going to, because our sons have worn them and people get almost violent with them. They want to strip them off. Uh, they, they get like angry. Yeah. At the very least they'll, they'll actually take the necklace and tuck it underneath our kids' shirts. Like they don't want to see the cross. So people don't just wear that for, uh, for jewelry sake here. You, you can't, you can't buy one. So we brought one over uh, from outside and um, arranged to, to meet him. And yeah, similar story that he was he was ready to believe. Uh, he just he needed to meet somebody to talk about this and kind of give him some guidance. And we've been uh, he came uh, and we we prayed with him. He was clearly ready to believe and put his trust in Jesus. And we walked him through the steps. Uh, of trusting Jesus, uh, baptism. Uh, he just met his first other Libyan believer just uh, just recently. Um, so it's really exciting to see him see him growing in his faith. Amen. Yeah. Beautiful. Uh, a cool thing about his story as well is we have one believer who we've worked with her for, I don't know, I would say maybe we've known her about three years or so. And... Um, she is, if you met her, she's really quiet. She just seems like someone who doesn't have a whole lot to say, but God is using this young girl in a really powerful way. So she actually knew of this young man, Jason, you know, before. And she said, well, I know who he is. And she kind of wanted to scope him out for us and make sure that he was legitimate. And so um, we met together with her and him um, the very first time we met. Um, so she's been a part of his story, but she has also in the last six months or so, maybe a little bit longer, two of her friends have come to Christ just by watching her life. Other, It's really happening a lot with young people, but just in their own discontentment, seeing that she's really unique and asking her about it. And she's not afraid, even though she's very quiet, she's not afraid at all to say, well, I'm a follower of Jesus. Amen. And so... Um, both of these friends, one came to follow Christ maybe at six months or so ago, but she is not allowed to leave the house. She comes from a really strict family, but like she messages, she wants to be baptized. <laughs> she's like, if I can get out of the house, you know, I'll get baptized. So, but she's growing. Um, and another one just visited the church that we go to here. There's an Anglican church and um, she visited the church with our leading friend maybe a month ago and um 
Yeah, when she came to the church again, another story of someone who was just ready to believe had already decided that she was going to follow Jesus, prayed that day um, to follow. And she um, she is also, she messaged on Easter again. So now that I'm a Christian, how do I celebrate Easter? And tell me about baptism. And she just is, we don't even have to, you know, give her all the information. She's asking the questions. And so... Um, yeah. And so even in someone who you would look at her and think she might be an unlikely person to lead others to Jesus in her own quiet way. Um, you know, she has seen two friends come to Christ. And so um, anyway, it's just been a really sweet, um, a sweet season for us to see these people coming so ready. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. Yeah. Amen. Um, wow. Well, You've both shared some amazing uh, stories of people coming to faith in an, an area of the world where it's not easy. I mean, you, you know, just sharing about the fact that, you know, the, the cross, the uh, uh, not even wearing a cross in public. I mean, yeah, that's that's pretty um, intense. We in the West, we don't think about that. Uh, you know, even pop singers who totally aren't living for God will put crosses on, you know, right. mm-hmm. and, uh, in near context, having a cross makes people angry, you know, in the sense that they, they probably see it as sacrilegious, I'm guessing, because of course, Islam denies the cross or what, what is the, what is the issue? I, I think they, they see, you know, the history of the crusades. Yeah. Um, and it's, um, but they've been told to hate. They don't, they don't believe in the cross, you know, they don't believe that that event happened or I don't, yeah, I can't say what's in all anger. their minds, but it's sure. uh, <laughs> it's it's just a shocking symbol, and that's a, that's good. Like, the cross is a shocking thing. Yeah. <laughs> they're angered by it. Wow. Well, how can we pray? We want to, um, you know, people listening to the podcast are going to be walking, going to be running, uh, jogging, participating in Run for the Unreached all around the world. And what are some ways that we as believers can pray for you and for uh, the work that God is doing in Libya and in the Arab world. Mm-hmm. Well, Libyans have quite a bit of innate distrust of each other. Mm. Um, that's something that we can do is they, they will trust a foreign believer before they trust a Libyan believer. Um, but that's a challenge in that they're often not willing to get together. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, of course we pray that they will, you know, gather together disciples themselves, but and you know, bring together their own family to, to come and believe. But many times these people are are by themselves for a long time, and we um, you know, offer them a chance to meet another believer, and, uh, and they want to do that, but it's intimidating. It's often, sometimes after they're met, they've met, they don't want to keep meeting. Um, you know, there. So we we need to see them gathering together as, as a church, however that, you know, however God designs that for them, there needs to be a way of fellowship that they're gathering together. And it's hard to find a, a way for them to do that consistently for them to want to do it consistently they, as they have some resistance to it. So that you can pray that they would just have that desire sure. to make it happen regardless one way or another, that they're getting together with mm-hmm. the Libyan body to to pray and worship together sure yeah okay let's let's pray for that that desire to gather and to um yeah to encourage each other in the lord um if you're listening please um you can pause your play if you like to take a little bit of time to pray for that
yeah, what else would you, um, Chris and Caroline, what else would you encourage us to pray for? Yeah, I think that um, also as they gather for God to raise up leaders um, among them, you know, ones that God has appointed within their and this would be true, I think, in all of, you know, across the Arab world, that God would raise up leaders amongst this fellowship of believers that come together, ones that will naturally kind of shepherd others and draw them in and help with discipleship, really have a vision for that. So if we could pray that God would raise up leaders amongst the MBDs, um, yeah, that's really critical. Good. And then another thing is for pray for discipleship of these believers. It's happening happening virtually often right now, uh, but pray for this solid discipleship of these new believers that they would be growing in Christ, having firm foundations, <laughs> clear understanding of, of Scripture, and uh, that they would be growing. In, in the faith uh, in a consistent, healthy way. And yeah, it's perfect. Discipleship of believers. Again, if you're listening, you want to pray, please do feel free to plus pause for a moment or two. And I, I'm sure it's no coincidence that while this run is happening, it is during the month of Ramadan. And so if you could please pray that as many people are very sincere in their desire to draw near to God, to be made right with God, that he reveals himself to them in visions and in dreams. <laughs> Many of them will, I mean, not only are they fasting, but, but the real religious ones are going to be spending hours at the mosque. Let's pray that they encounter Jesus um, and that we see a harvest happen this Ramadan. Amen. Yes, Lord. Harvest during Ramadan. Amen. And then we would lastly mention uh, more laborers to come to this land. There are not many people working to to, uh, to make disciples here. So pray for more people to come from around the world uh, to come labor in this land. Good. Great. Yeah. Thanks. Sorry. <laughs> Wonderful. No. And I'll just, again, affirm the fact that of the great need for laborers, please, um, those listening, please continue to pray for um, the Arab world and for Libya in particular, that God would raise up laborers. And um, Chris and Caroline, we're really grateful for your um, sharing with us today, some some of what God is doing in your part of the world and for how we can pray. Uh, we just pray God's continued blessing upon you and your family as you serve. Um, thank you for being with us and helping us to run for the unreached. Thanks. Glad bless to be you with all. you. God bless you. Thank you for listening to another amazing episode of the Antioch Initiative podcast. We encourage you to follow us on whatever podcasting platforms you use the most. Feel free to check out our social medias to stay updated on all future content.